1: Today on CityCast Philly, people all over the world come to visit our city for the famous Rocky statue, the Liberty Bell, and of course, to eat a cheesesteak. But there's so much more to explore. You ever heard of Philbert the Pig? Back in July, I spoke to the co-founder of Atlas Obscura, a website devoted to finding the most remarkable places around the world, about what he recommends we should check out in Philly. It's Thursday, October 19th. I'm Trina Noree, and here's what Philly's talking about. Dylan Thuris, you're the co-founder of Atlas Obscura. You're not from Philly, right?
2: You know, I spent five years there. I was a kid, but from five to ten, my mom was going to Temple University, and so I I (laughs) was in Germantown. For that part of my life so i have like a, a long-standing love and connection to the city
1: that's so funny my mom went to temple when i was five
2: hey <laughs> uh, <what?
1: laughs> wait wait wait. which program was it
2: <laughs> uh, political i think my mom was there for political okay. science so i don't know yeah, yeah
1: okay my mom was there for physical therapy so a different. <laughs> yeah different probably program. separate separate um, buildings yeah <laughs> okay so before we get started like i want to know what's the most random place you would recommend for someone to visit in Philly.
2: So, it's a tough question cuz there are so many good, amazing, unique spots in in Philly. The one I'm going to recommend is one that I think even a lot of folks who live or grew up in Philadelphia have maybe never been to. It's called the Wagner Free Institute. Have you ever been to the Wagner
1: I've heard of it. I've never been, though.
2: I I think this is true for a lot of people because it's just like it's not one of the major institutions. It's kind of weird. It's actually not that far from Temple's campus. It is a natural history museum that effectively got frozen in time in like the 1860s and gets this incredible collection of displays and these glass cases. I mean, it's very kind of old world natural history museum. And then within within the museum, there are some exhibits that are just really interesting. Because of when it was frozen in time, there's an exhibit of uh, like a kangaroo and other marsupials. And it's basically like, there's like a big question mark because they don't know where any of these fit into the, tr- the sort of tree of life. So that's, that's just a great, it's a great Philadelphia spot. It's got dinosaur bones collected by Cope and Marsh, who are like two early paleontologists who fought with each other. They were bitter rivals and went around the country finding all the, many of the dinosaurs we know today, pterodactyls, stegosaurus. Uh, It's, it's just a, if if you're interested in that kind of history, there's not a lot of other places like it.
1: So on Atlas Obscura, you have something. It's 68 places to visit in Philly. I'm just curious, even though you had a you know short time in in our city, uh, grown up. But like, how did you know where to start when making this type of list?
2: So ever. Since we started Atlas, it, is, it has worked the same way, which is that people make suggestions to us. Often locals make suggestions to us.
1: OK, so it's like community involvement.
2: Yep. And then we have editors who review those, fact check them, make sure we've got it all right. But, you know, uh, the the sort of place suggestions are generally, yeah, coming from either travelers or locals in a place saying, you know, there's this place that's incredible in my city, in my neighborhood. And like almost nobody knows about it. And so that's where that's where all those 68 places came from.
1: All right, Dylan, let's travel through Philly. All
2: right.
1: Dylan, if you had 12 hours in Philly, where would you go?
2: I recently visited a friend who lived in Philly for years. He's since moved. But um, he took me on a kind of series of of adventures that, like, I guess I would recommend as well. First, we went to an Ethiopian restaurant called Abyssinia. And and then, you know, the thing that's so incredible about Philadelphia that I think New York kind of pretends to have but doesn't really have anymore is Philly has, like, a huge underground music scene. Like, really, for real, you can find a great basement show. So, like, go to a basement show or go to the First Unitarian Church and see a show there. Like, there's all these interesting DIY kind of venues I would recommend doing that. And then if you want to chill out, maybe it's like the next day. Speaking of like cool churches in Philadelphia, there is a Quaker church. I believe it's called Chestnut Hill.
1: Yeah, it's it's called the Chestnut Hill Friends Meeting
2: House. And they have something called James Terrell's uh, Sky Space in Chestnut Hill. It's this, this beautiful art exhibit, basically kind of like a... a a little square of, of light on the ceiling and you go, and it's just this like beautiful, very meditative experience. Um, those are all things that come to mind. I mean, there's so many things I could recommend. Some of them are more well-known or more popular. like. The Eastern State Penitentiary, like, you're just not going to go wrong with a visit there. Right. You're not going to go wrong with a visit to the Muter Museum, in, in my opinion. I, I know it's not for everybody, but I still would recommend it to anyone who's, like, first time in Philly. Uh, Bartram Gardens is, is another incredible space. Like, there's a lot.
1: Now, on the top of the show, I did mention a pig, Filbert. <laughs> Who is he?
2: Well, that's, that's the most famous pig in Philadelphia right there. That is... Um,
1: oh, I thought we were known for groundhogs.
2: <laughs> uh, not anymore. Now you're known for pigs. Philbert is a 225-pound bronze pig statue at the center of Reading Terminal Market. And he's really actually famous kind of worldwide. And you like put little coins in its mouth and then it kind of like poops them out into like a big, a big money pile, which I it's like weird if you think right. about it, but that's how it works. Um, you know, people will say like meet me at the pig, and people will know what what that means. But what's funny, the reason I say it's it's like maybe you really are known internationally for for Filbert is Philadelphia became one of the first officially registered destinations on WeChat, which really popular Chinese tourists. And it was the year of the pig, and like somehow this pig became like well known. So people started like traveling straight up just to visit Filbert the Pig. So it's it's definitely a storied, a storied swine.
1: And I love that his name is Filbert because Filbert Street is right around that area of the city. So I guess I guess it works. Now, Dylan, you mentioned some, like, classic Philly history. What's some other, you know, Philly history you would suggest we go look at?
2: There is a a place or an object in the Philadelphia Public Library, the main downtown branch, that is just incredible if you're interested in history. There's a taxidermied raven called Grip. Grip the Raven. It's in the rare books room of the library. And it was Charles Dickinson's pet raven. Ooh, okay. And like quite literally, like he kept it as a pet. He taught it to talk. And he uh, eventually, he wrote a book called Barnaby Rudge, which is one of his like less known stories. But he he wrote this book, Barnaby Rudge, that featured this talking raven in it, modeled after his pet, Grip. And then that book was reviewed by a young literary reviewer named Edgar Allan Poe. Mm. You know, in his review, he writes, the croaking might have been prophetically heard in the course of the drama. Like he felt like Dickens hadn't used this raven to good effect. And then he published The Raven, not that long after that. And then eventually the grip, The Raven dies. He ends up in the Philadelphia Library collection. And so this Raven was the inspiration for multiple famous novelists' material. So I think that's like a great piece of Philly history uh, that you can still go and and check out and visit.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real P.O.S.? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
1: Okay, what's something that's not from Philly, but it's in Philly?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go to... Uh, one of my favorites. I'm gonna go okay. to the Muter for this. Slices of Einstein's brain. Not from Philly, <laughs> but in Philly.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh you know, like you're not it's nowhere else you're gonna go. That's the, that's the only place they are. Um, now tell
1: folks like what the Muter Museum has in its collections.
2: The Muter Museum is America's greatest medical museum. There's there's really only two. There's the Muter, really only two good ones. There's the Muter Muter Museum in Philadelphia and then the National Medical Museum in DC. But the muter to me is just, it's its the best medical museum in the country because it's got collections spanning a couple hundred years. It is, you know, historically was a, a medical school And in the collection are things like huge collections of skulls that were were collected by, like, someone doing craniology at the time. There are, you know, whole skeletons articulated in the collection. Um,
1: And folks can actually donate their bodies to the museum when they pass on.
2: That's right. The the director of the museum uh, famously donated her body to the museum when she passed away. And... um, and so they've just got, you know, they've got all kinds of different interesting medical collections. You know, I will warn people that if they're really squeamish, like they may find it a little intense. Um, but I I just think it's, it's fascinating. There's a little set of drawers where you pull out the drawers and it's a doctor's collections of like things that people have have accidentally swallowed, you know. And it's oh, wow. just like, oh, OK, like dice and paperclips and like all the, you know it's it's just it's a really special place there's not a lot like it and they ended up with slices of einstein's brain when einstein died he, the doctor doing the uh post-mortem the autopsy like effectively stole his brain
1: yikes that's like unethical in so many ways
2: it's not super ethical not super ethical this is in the mid 50s and um and then eventually sort of hung on to the brain, and I don't know exactly when it got put into slices, but some of those pieces ended up finally as basically slide slices uh, in in the Muener's collection.
1: Okay, Dylan, I love to take pictures. Where should I go that's super photogenic?
2: I, I mean, again, none of these are going to be su- a big surprise to people who live in Philadelphia, but... Eastern State Penitentiary is just one of the most photogenic places you'll ever go. It's so spooky. It's so textured because, you know, it's this giant prison. That was basically left as a a ruin. It was left in its kind of dilapidated state, just made sure it wasn't going to collapse on anybody. And they do tons and tons of tours every day. They do a big Halloween haunted house there, which is like genuinely so scary. (laughs) But it's just a great place to take photos. And I I think Magic Gardens is also like an amazing place to take photos in the city. Those are like, you know, there's more kind of, tucked away obscure locations but i think uh those are good ones also if you like if you like graffiti you know you might head down to like pier 18 uh go during the day not at night and there's like you know usually there's some really big graffiti pieces down there that are that are pretty spectacular um so there's a lot there's just a lot like what the masonic temple in in yes, down it's in, open is, to the public. in philadelphia is is and it's so crazy looking inside. It's so big and beautiful and opulent and ornate. And if you've never taken the time to actually do the tour, like it's it's worthwhile.
1: That's definitely something on my list. Now, Dylan, I'm curious. We talked with a reporter who, who brought up that some people actually have issues with visiting former mental institutions, hospitals or prisons hmm. where folks you know, dealt with solitary confinement or places where there was lots of trauma. Yeah, What's your take on that? You know, how should we remember that history and also visit those former institutions and buildings with respect?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I tend to feel that there is val- like something like Eastern State Penitentiary, which was. Originally built as a kind of reform prison, it was meant to be more humane than the prisons of the time, but took a solitary confinement approach to prison. Like, like that's why it's a, a penitentiary. It was a place to be penitent. It ended up driving people crazy. It was terrible. It was completely punishing. And then all through its period, it just got overcrowded. And so there's a lot of bad history at a place like Eastern State Penitentiary or even the Mütter Museum. There's plenty of bad history in the medical practices of America. You know, I tend to think that understanding that and coming to those places with real context, and both of those are are places that really deal with their history, that really examine the history, that for really sure. get into it and don't gloss over it. And so I, for, I sure. for me, I think there's a lot of a lot of value in that. But I also understand, you know, everyone's gotta, everyone has their own, um, Reaction,
1: maybe interpretation of it.
2: Yeah. Reaction to that kind of history, reaction to places that hold that kind of like deep, deep trauma, deep pain. Um, and I think, you know, that's a personal question, whether whether it, you want to engage with that or not, I think, is like really up to an, an individual.
1: For sure. Um, and this is just like a sidebar. We talked about the Moodham Museum they actually took down some of their online exhibits because the institution began to have some of those like conversations like are we doing this in the right way. So it's yeah. definitely, you know, top of mind for people. All right. Before I let you go, any place, you know, that you could recommend for someone who loves the great outdoors? Where should we go?
2: I'm a big fan of Bartram's Gardens. It's such a beautiful place. Again, it goes back to the 17 17- I mean that's the this is the thing about Philadelphia the history is so 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 deep it's so long and it's it's all there like so much of it was preserved and and managed to not be just paved over and so Bartram's Gardens is this famous botanic garden started in the 1700s it is still like a beautiful outside space today you can go and just kind of Hang out on the property. It's a national historic landmark. The house is still there. It's got the oldest ginkgo tree on the entire North American continent. So you can go check that out. Uh, if it's the right t- right season, it'll smell terrible. <laughs> it's just a great. It's just a great place. So I, I recommend that as a kind of outdoor spot for sure.
1: Dylan Theris, co-founder of Atlas Obscura. Thank you so much for telling me about all these places in the city that I actually have never visited yet and I plan to. Thank you so much.
2: My pleasure, and, and uh, you're lucky. You live in, in one of the truly most interesting cities in the world. It's just such an incredible place.
1: We'll have a link to Atlas Obscura's full list of places to explore in Philly in our show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode about really cool places to visit in Philly, share this with a friend. Rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter, Hey Philly, to learn more about what else Philly's talking about. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the Friday News Roundup. Bye.